Well, hey, we're glad you're here today. My name is Pastor Dale. I'm a campus pastor at our Lifestyle Worcester campus. I want to take a moment and welcome you. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, wherever you're joining us from, uh, let us know for sure where you're, where you're joining us from, whether you're joining us on Facebook Live, you're joining us on Church Online, or maybe you're joining us on YouTube today. I want to take a moment just to say welcome. Thanks for, for being with us. Last week, uh, Pastor Paul, our executive pastor and our Sutton campus pastor, shared an incredible Father's Day message that was really challenging for us and uh, some great takeaways, dad tips. We got to see some grill skills last week and uh, would encourage you, if you missed it, to kind of go check that out. And uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback a little bit off of what he was talking about uh, last week. Um, but before we get in there, into today's message, um, some of you I've not had a chance to meet yet. And uh, my name, again, my name is Pastor Dale. And my wife, my family, my wife, Alicia, my two kids, uh, Vanessa and Becca, we've been part of LifeSong for almost 10 years now. It's been incredible. This church has been our church, and we've seen God do some incredible things. And so if you don't have a church home, you don't have a church family, maybe you're just scrolling along and maybe you've just jumped on today, uh, I would invite you to kind of check things out. And uh, we have a team who would love to engage with you. You can let us know that you're new today, and we'd love to help you get connected because your connection, who you're running with. Um, I remember the old saying, and, and maybe you've heard it, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who you're running with is going to have a big influence in your life. Speaking of influence, I want to take a moment and uh, just honor our lead pastor, Pastor David and Janelle. Thank you guys for being uh, influencers and investors in my life and our life and uh, really shaping and leading and kind of creating runways where we can uh, see God work in our life and through our life here at Lifestone Church and throughout this region. So, so glad you're here today. Um, I want to share and start with a story today. And uh, in May 2003, there was a story that hit millions of households across the world. And it's a, a story that may sound familiar, but uh, it's a story of a father who lost his son after he ventured into the ocean alone. While the son was eager to explore the ocean, he was not aware of the danger that had awaited him. He was abducted at sea by a boat, and then he was taken captive alongside several other individuals. The father, there was a rescue mission that was formed by this boy's dad and some of his friends in hopes of saving his son. And fearing the worst, the dad sent for help anyway. You see, in 2003, Disney and Pixar made us care about a little fish named Nemo. And while I love the movie, the brilliance of the colors, the saturation, the storytelling, us falling in love with a little fish, and the hope that a father would have that his son would be found. My favorite part of the movie was not even about Nemo. My favorite part of the movie was actually the end of the movie, where you see this story within the story that's happening where you got the tank gang. And for those of you who haven't maybe seen Nemo in a while, maybe your kids haven't flipped it on, would encourage you to go check this out. But you got this other story that's happening with the tank gang, which is this group of fish that live in the aquarium inside the dental office. They spend the entire length of the movie trying to figure out ways to escape. They come up with this plan where they basically make the algae blow up. The, the, they have to clean the tank, put the fish in bags, and they finally escape. And they come up with this plan where they will escape through the window, bounce out through the window, cross the highway, get into the ocean, and finally they're going to find freedom in everything that they were looking for. 
The only problem is, the end of the movie leaves us this part, and check this image out if you haven't seen it. It brings us to this moment that they work tirelessly towards getting and finding freedom only to get to the place where they're stuck in their bags. It's my favorite moment. And the puffer fish, who's quite the character, he's so excited at the very end, he blows up and he's like, woohoo, right? Makes all this noise and he celebrates. And then he asks this powerful question that I think is the question a lot of us are asking right now. Now what? Now what? In the middle of all of this, I finally work, I finally get to the place where I feel like I've gotten to the place where I'm, I'm supposed to be. I find freedom. I've gotten what I wanted. I get to the place and it's not what I expected. Or I didn't think about the fact that we were still in our bag. We're not going to be able to es escape. I don't know about you, but for me, it's been a now what season. COVID has brought in all types of emotions, roller coasters, conversations, relationship bumps, all types of things that have caused rub in our life. There's been added weight. There's been added pressure. There's been stress. Maybe you've lost a job or, or resources or opportunity. Maybe you've lost some freedom. You've been stuck at home. Maybe you have felt the mental pressure, the physical complicators of not being able to go to the gym or get some fitness in. And maybe even your spiritual health. You feel like you've drifted. It's so easy in this season, I think, to even look back to 2003 and, and, and find this common experience that we have as, as one, Christ followers, but also people who are, are trying to figure out what to do with our life. And maybe you're not even a church person. Maybe you're in the place where you're trying to figure out and make sense of it all. You get to this place where you ask, now what? What else can happen? Everything's falling apart. And for us, what we love, for many of us, has been taken. We've been forced to pivot. Everything in our world has been shaken. I've had recent conversations with some friends and some individuals from, from our church around uh, things like forced career changes. They're having to figure out what's next in their life. They're trying to figure out. They built their life around this career path, and they've had to shift because of complications. They've had, whether it's health-related, whether it's COVID-related, whether their business has closed down completely. There could be, there's been conversations around stressors added into marriages where the overload and the weight coupled with working from home, trying to homeschool, having kids around all the time, 24-7. The complexities of all that we're facing right now. And I know we've got hope. I know that we've got you know, our eyes on, on things opening up and the ability to regather and our hearts connected there. For some, there's been a perfect storm of all of these things on top of a medical diagnosis, the loss of a loved one, the inability to have support, having people nearby when we need them, particularly in this time. And so when your identity, when your career, when your family, when your relationships, and maybe your purpose has been rocked, what do you do? What do you do? How do you figure out the now what in this season? How do you figure out where to go? When what you've hoped for, what you've saved for, 
what you've planned for, when it's gone, what do you do? I wanna give you this big idea. I wanna encourage you to write this down. We're gonna unpack this and we're gonna kind of work our way backwards here this morning. But here's your big idea. I want you to write this down here today. And uh, those of you who um, are, are maybe new jumping in, um, there's a link where you can jump in and, and kind of follow along with today's notes and, and kind of fill in the blanks and take your own notes. But we use a, an app called YouVersion. It's the Bible app where you can see the scriptures that we're looking at while, while being able to take some notes. But here's your big idea. I want you to write this down because I think this will help you as I, I'm, is helping me, I, I, I want to help you today. When you serve God's purpose, when you serve God's purpose, he will give you yours. I want to say it one more time. When you serve God's purpose, he will give you yours. And what I mean by that is when you focus and you put your attention on finding God's purpose, God's heart, what he cares about, you're going to find your purpose in the middle of that. And, and, and we're going to look at a story here in just a few moments. In fact, if you want to jump ahead, you can turn in uh, your Bibles to, to Judges chapter 16. We're going to look at a story uh, together today of, of what God was doing through his people back in the Old Testament. But here's what, 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 what happens is sometimes when we talk to God about our purpose, when we talk to God about what our plans are and what we envision, um, when we talk about serving God's purpose, this does not mean, hey, God, we tell God, hey, God, this is what I want my purpose to be, and I need you to kind of make things work out for me. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. And, and oftentimes we can do that. We can say, hey, God, this is, you know, this is really what I want to do with my life, and I know that, uh, you know, uh, I know you've put some things in me, and I've got some ideas, and, and I really think this will work out. And God, I know that if you, help, if you help make this happen, I can do some really big things for you, God right? This is what we do. We tell God what we want our purpose to be. We tell God what our plans are. And so oftentimes that undoes what God's heart and his intention, and more importantly, his design is for us. Because it's, in this case, it's about uncovering and unlocking God's purpose for you. And I would suggest in the middle of the now what, in the middle of the season where we're trying to figure out what's next, Oftentimes we can jump ahead thinking about, hey, if I just get this, if I just get this, if I, if I figure this thing out, we are trying to find a plug and play solution when God is trying to help us lean in to the very purpose in which he has created us for. Now, you may never have even thought about that. Maybe you haven't even gotten to the place where you've asked the question, what is my purpose in this life? What am I meant to do? I'm here on this planet. What am I supposed to do with my life? If you've never asked that question, I would encourage you to ask that question. And here's where I want you to begin is when you serve God's purpose, he will give you yours. You see, this past week, um, for those of you who weren't able to be with us, we had a lot of folks um, take steps towards God and his purpose, right? God's going to give us our purpose. He's going to help, help show us that. But this past Wednesday, we had a lot of individuals take steps towards God's purpose for their life. And if you weren't able to be with us, um, I want to show you some people who are taking steps towards God's purpose in their life. Let's take a look at this.
Isn't that incredible? We had 24 individuals take steps. They have taken a step in their faith. It's a big one. It's a bold one. Maybe you've never taken that step. We'd love to help you take a step of following Jesus, but also following him and being baptized, which indicates that your life is connected to him. It doesn't mean they have their life figured out. It doesn't mean I have my life figured out. I've got it all, well, all perfect. What it means is they're trusting Jesus to lead them. And so 24 people across our campuses, you make some noise right where you are. Incredible. Them going public with their faith as they trust Jesus, as they're leaning into him for the purpose of their life. The, the, the challenge that we have as we begin to follow Jesus and today, maybe you've never taken a step towards Jesus and trusted him with your life. The challenge that we face, uh, whether, again, whether we're a Christ follower or whether we're, we're just kind of checking out this whole faith journey. Here's the trap that we can fall into is we, and when I say we, I'm including me, when we, we can build our lives on our plans and not our purpose. I'll say it again. We build our lives on our plans and not our purpose. Like I just said, we can go to God with our list, our laundry list. Hey, God, if you can do these things, I'm pretty sure I can do some things for you. And what's at stake if we miss this, if we miss and we start to build our own plans, we mix these up. We build our life on our plans versus our purpose. What happens is we can end up building our life on the wrong thing. We can build our life on the wrong thing. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend the best years of my life trying to work or build something when I find out that my ladder is leaning against the wrong house. I'm building the wrong thing. I want my life right here, right now to matter. And so the question I want to throw at you today is, is this question. And it's a question that maybe you're asking right now is, how do I know if I've built my life on the wrong thing? How, how do I know? How am I supposed to figure that out? How's the deal? Is there a way to, 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 to get to the bottom of that? And I, and I think there's two questions that we can ask. The first is this. If I find myself empty, if I am empty, and I'm going to have you fill in the blank, if I am empty, the first way we can think about this is if I'm empty in the absence of, you pick a thing. If I'm empty in the absence of money, if I'm, in the, if I'm empty, if I, if I don't have success, if I'm, if I'm empty because my spouse isn't caring, isn't loving enough, or I don't have a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a fiance, if I feel empty because of that, maybe if I don't have pleasure or freedom, or if I'm, my schedule's not jammed packed, if I feel empty when those are absent, when those are removed, then, then I'm suggesting perhaps you're building your life on the wrong thing. The second way to figure this out is if the focus of your life, maybe, maybe not your, your emptiness, maybe it's not felt by emptiness, but if the focus of your life is towards achieving money, success, a spouse, pleasure, freedom, busyness, if the focus, everything, you can open up your calendar and look at where you're giving your time. If the focus of your life is towards achieving more, then I would suggest that you may be in a place where you're feeling the pressure and the weight of the now what moments because everything is connected to you. You're building your life off of your own plans, not your purpose. And so you and I, all of us, we were hardwired for significance. We need it. We need to know it. We need to know that what we're doing matters. And so oftentimes we can build our 
our life on what's temporary versus what's eternal. The good news today is we're not alone. This is not something that we're the only ones ever in mankind that have ever experienced this. I want to take you to Judges chapter 16 today. We're going to look at, at, again, one of the stories in which God wanted us to see. It's in the scriptures in Judges, which, by the way, for, for those of you men joining us, um, this, is, this is the moment that you've been waiting for. Judges, by the way, if you've never kind of opened and cracked open this, this part of the Bible, Judges is the Braveheart chapter. It's the Braveheart book of the Bible where you can go in and it's kind of after you like you watch a romantic movie with your wife and you just need to open up judges. You need to you need to hear and see and read about some blood and some guts and 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 some vengeance. You 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 can read about how justice was 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 taking place. Like it, it would just kind of set you free from the from the, the emotion of the of the rom-coms, okay? So just helping you out, go check out judges. But uh, one particular episode I want to zero in on today is this guy that you may have heard of, um, whether you're a church person or not, his name is Samson. Now, Samson, uh, at, first, at first glance, we, we may look at Samson and say, hey, how can, how can I relate to Samson? Samson's this stud. He's this hero guy in the Bible who is known for how strong he is. He's known for his strength, his good looks. Uh, he, was an, he was an answer to a prayer. And Samson... Um, and the backstory, the Philistines, which were the enemy of the Israelites, they were oppressing and they were persecuting the Israelites. Now, Samson, since he was born, was supposed to be set apart for God. It's called a Nazarite vow in which he was supposed to be walking out where, in essence, um, he was supposed to be set apart for God's purposes. He was not supposed to have any eat grapes or, or drink any wine. Not, he wasn't supposed to cut his hair. Um, and he was not supposed to be around any, any uh, you know, dead bodies or corpse, right? But everything in, in Samson's life goes sideways. And this is a repeat. You can kind of see it throughout Judges chapter 13 through 16. I'm not going to read it all to you. You guys can go check that out this week, and I would encourage you to. But everything goes sideways on a number of occasions where Samson, he's given himself to pleasure. He's given himself to everything that catches his eye. And there's some, some irony there for sure. He's... Um, and, then, and then we get to this moment where everything kind of explodes. Everything goes sideways when Samson gets married to a Philistine woman. And then his wife, this is crazy, right? You can go read it. It's crazy. His wife, his first wife was given to his best man. The, the, the woman he married, Samson goes off and then he comes back and he finds out that his wife was given to his best man now as a wife. And so he explodes. There's a lot that happens. And uh, the, the moment that we're going to lean into here today is, is really the, the now what moment for Samson. He built his life off of his strength, off of his pleasure, off of whatever caught his eye. He could do whatever he wants. When I say he's an answer to prayer, he was set up by God to be a deliverer, to help God's people experience freedom from their oppressors. But that isn't all what happened. And he falls, and, and, and there's some moments that I want to help us see here that I think are going to help us here today. Picking up in Judges chapter 16, verse 17, um, it says this. Finally, finally, Samson shared his secret with Delilah. My hair has never been cut, he confessed. For I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. 
If my head were to be shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Verse 19, Delilah then lulled Samson to sleep with his head on her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. And in the same way, she began to bring him down and his strength left him. Verse 20, then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke, he thought, I will do as I've done before. I will shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. Now I want to pause for a moment because I think this is one of the most tragic verses in the Bible. Where scripture says that God left Samson. God left Samson. God didn't leave Samson. God didn't leave Samson because God used Samson, but God left Samson because Samson left him. Samson decided to abandon the things that God had instilled and made a part of him. He had set him apart, but Samson decide, decided to go away from that. And so the Philistines, verse 21, the Philistines captured him and they gouged out his eyes. Right, this is the Braveheart moments, right? They gouged out his eyes. They took him to, to, to Gaza where they, they, he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in prison. But before long, his hair began to grow. And the Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices, praising God, their God, Dagon. And they said, our God has given us victory over Samson. And when the people saw him, they praised their God saying, oh, our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. Half drunk, the people demanded, bring Samson out so he can amuse us. And so he was brought from the prison to amuse them. And they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Verse 26, Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the pillars and that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people. Again, filled with the Philistines. Samson's enemies and all the Philistine rulers were there and there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. Here's the first thing I want. I want to give you three things that we see happen in this part of Samson's story that I think are helpful for us as we approach this question of what do we do when things are messed up? What do we do when we've lost everything? What do we do when the things that we build our life on have completely shifted. And the first thing I want you to see, we see this in verse 22 through 27, is Samson, Samson knew he missed it. We have to recognize that we've missed it. Samson recognized it. Samson knew he came to the place where he messed it up, that God had a purpose for his life, but he decided to go it alone. I love this. Scholars, scholars talk about Samson and one of the interesting facts about him is that everything Samson did, everything Samson did, this is the one moment that he leans and he asks for help from someone else. Everything Samson did as he judged and led and was a deliverer for Israel, every single time, everything he does, he does it alone. He never sought the help of someone else. 
He never used or pulled others in to be close. He was trying to fulfill a purpose that was greater than him alone. And I think about that for me. We're the areas of my life where I'm trying to go alone. I'm trying to, trying to do it by myself, and maybe I've got blind spots, and I can't see them because I don't allow others to be close enough to me in order to see that God has something else in mind, and I'm just missing it. And maybe that's you today. We've got to get to the place where we recognize, hey, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Hey, this is not God's best. Where are the places in your life where you tried to go in your own direction? Where are the places that you've said to God, I've got this? And maybe if you're not a Christ follower, you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus, and maybe you're checking this whole faith journey out. Maybe your whole life, all of your energy and effort has been spent towards trying to do it by yourself. I want to ask you the question, how's that working for you? How's that going? You've, have you gotten to the place where you're at the end of yourself and you can recognize God I have messed this up. And we all do it. I do it. We all fall short. We all mess up. Things that were intended to have purpose and blessing, we mishandle it just like, just like Samson. As we continue reading Judges chapter 16, verse 28, it says, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me one more time. And with one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. What I want you to write down is this. The second thing that Samson helps us to see is that Samson, he returned to God. We've got to return to the place where we say, God, I don't have it all figured out. God, I, I, I've thought of myself more capable then I've leaned in and trusted you. I've gotten to the place where I've tried to lead it my own way. And so Samson cries out to God. And this is such an important moment. It's so important for you to see this because you've got the, you've got the one guy in the scriptures who is seen as this mighty warrior. And the paradox of his whole story is that you have the very one who was created to be a conqueror who never allowed God to conquer him. And so for you, if you've followed Jesus, maybe you've gotten, you've been in a season where you've drifted from your faith, you've drif drifted from his leading, have you allowed God to, have you returned to the place where you've allowed God to lead you? Or maybe it's a, it's a start today where you say, God, I, I need you to lead me. Ecclesiastes chapter three says, in verse 11 says that he has placed, he has set eternity in the human heart. There is a longing inside of each one of us that can only be fulfilled by God. We're talking about an innate knowledge that there is something more to this life than what we see and what we experience here and now. So the question is as you regroup, as you try to build off of the now what moments, do you return to trying to figure it out on your own or to a place where you invite God, where you say, God, I can't do this anymore. I've tried my way. I've tried figuring it out. We've been through a couple rounds of this, but God, I, I wanna invite you in. I need your leading. I need your purpose for my life. Have you gotten to the place where you've lost everything 
and you only have God. Verse 29 continues, it says, Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both of his hands. He prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. And so he killed more people when he died than he had his entire lifetime. Here's the last thing I want you to write down is this word, fulfill. Fulfill. Samson gave his life. God worked his purpose through Samson despite his sin, despite him leading the way, despite him holding the reins. But Samson's last victory, I want you to hear me. His greatest victory only came when he was broken, when he was humiliated, when he was blind, when he no longer could look, literally, when he no longer could look, he couldn't look to himself. It was at that moment where God was able to fulfill his purpose in Samson, despite his unwillingness to surrender and fully cooperate and step into his purpose and all that God had for you. Samson had a lot of potential. You have a lot of potential. But is that potential going to sit on the shelf? Or are you going to say, God, I'll let you use it. God, I've tried to figure it out on my own. And I don't want to be, I don't want to follow in the steps. I want my purpose to be your purpose. Romans 8.28 says this, it says, and we know I want, you to, I, want you to read, I want you to read and hear this verse like you've never read it before. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to, look at this, his purpose. It doesn't say your purpose, his purpose. It's his purpose that gives us ours. And today, wherever you are, the emptiness, the brokenness, the achieving, the energy loss that you're experiencing. If your purpose isn't his purpose, then your purpose is connected only to you, which means you have to sustain it. And when you get tired and when you lose it all, you lose it all. But today, our hope is not in our plans. Our hope is in his purpose for our life, which he has created us for. Psalm 57, 2, David writes this. He says, I cry out, just like Samson did. I cry out to God most high. Look at this. To God who will fulfill his purpose for me. If you give, it, if you give your life to his heart, you'll find everything that you're looking for. When, when you give your life to serving his purpose, to serving and building the local church, to, to carry his name to a broken generation, to, to, to see people saved, to help people who are broken and are hurting, find Jesus and bring them to Jesus. Not only will you find your purpose, but you'll be brought in to be part of an adventure that will last a lifetime where you get to help deliver hope. Today, we're in just a moment, we're gonna jump back in and we're gonna respond and, and the worship team's gonna lead us in a few other songs. And as we do, I, I, I hope, and here's my prayer for you, is that you will use these songs as prayers today. And as we see Jesus 
in the middle of it. Because here's the thing, Samson's brokenness, Samson was flawed, but Samson points us to Jesus because Samson, who was intended to be a deliverer by slaying those who persecuted and those who oppressed, Jesus, in the same way Samson gave his life, Jesus gives us his life for us. Not because we are his oppressors, although we, we certainly have stood against him, but because he gave his life so that we could be close and that he could call us friends. Samson didn't give his life for his friends. He gave his life to take out his enemies. But Jesus gave his life for us so that we who were once his enemies, who were far away, he gave his life for us so we could be close. We get to step into that today. If you've never made the decision to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to begin to take steps towards him, just like those who, who were baptized this week, who say, God, I don't have it figured out, but I need to trust you. If you've never done that, I wanna invite you right where you are to close your eyes, bow your head, and we're gonna pray, and then we're gonna sing, okay? So all across the uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, and, and YouTube, close your eyes where you are, and I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer as we trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he gave his life for me so that I could be your friend, so that I could be close. God, I no longer want to try to fulfill my purpose or my own plans and experience the emptiness that I've, that I've felt. But God, I want all that you have for me. God, today, would you make me new? Would you forgive me of choosing my own way? And would you help me from this day forward to follow you, to trust you? Would you make me new today? It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's worship him today.